hype it up, everybody. This is the Health Skill Podcast, the first one in 2021. We're talking about yoga lifestyle. Our topics are Kundalini yoga, animals and diet, misconduct in yoga. What does that mean? Let's check about that. And authenticity in social media, maybe as well. We see about that. I'm very, very excited to have Isa Parvati Yoga with me today. She's amazing. She's a golden woman. Maybe she's telling you a little bit more about what that means in a moment. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, she has 900 hours in uh, yoga vidya training. So yoga vidya is a faculty from Germany that kind of like trains yoga teachers. And she's a yoga here, teacher here on Twitch. She's amazing. Check her out, definitely. And Thank you. Yeah. Welcome in, Isa. How are you doing today? Melanie, hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, thanks for this lovely introduction. That's really kind of you. Um, should I say a few words about myself? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Uh, by the way, sh how can I call you? Shall I just call you Isa? Is that all right with you? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. You can call me Isa. You can call me Parvati. Anything you like. Okay. You sure. Sure. Yeah, you can say some words uh, f about yourself if you like to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, thank thanks for having me here. Um, I'm, I'm Isa Parvati. Um, I've been practicing yoga for 13 years and been teaching for three or four years now and uh, yeah I have my as you, as you already said I have 900 hours of yoga teacher training but not just with yoga video but with various um, training trainings um, but I'm I was trained in the Shivananda, Shivananda tradition which is also some, some form of Kundalini yoga which we're going to talk about later yeah um, yeah about the the golden woman uh, thing. <laughs> that's that's actually quite. Um, that was uh, 2019 already. I had I had a charity to the benefit of terminally ill children, and um, I was awarded with a female, like a sort of power woman award by one of Europe's biggest women's magazines. Um, they they took a picture of me and hung it all over Germany at bus stops, and um, yeah, <laughs> it was fun times. Fun times. Mm -hmm. Really good reach for the project. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. That, May that was my karma yoga, so to say. <laughs> yeah, maybe we come back to that a little bit more, but we see, we see where it yeah. takes us, right? So before Hello, we're really starting, everybody, welcome in. Um, before we're really starting, we're doing a little bit of a centering practice together with everybody who's in here right now. I also invite you, Isa, to join me and just sit up tall. You can close your eyes and just sit in your favorite sitting position, however that is, and feel how your feet are connected with the ground. Taking a deep breath in here, the deepest you took in today, maybe. And just connecting to your body for a moment. And out, out of this connection, connecting to the other body that we're talking to. And all the other bodies that we are listening to and maybe have questions later. Take a deep breath in. And then slowly breathe out and come back to this podcast today. Good. Welcome in again, <laughs> the second time. And we're starting off with the first question here for you, Isa. We're getting to know you a little bit better. Um, how did you get into yoga, first of all? So you already said a little bit of like, oh yeah, you started 15 years ago. And why did you start with yoga? Um, yeah, the, the, the reason isn't really a, a very impressive one. It was just, um, I was 17 and uh, my mom did a yoga course uh, at a local, some local school. And she, she, she asked me if, if, I were, if I wanted to join in. So I just, um, since I had time, I thought, yeah, why not? Yeah. So I tried and I don't know, it was a bit embarrassing because I, I was 17 and I thought I was young and fit. Um, and then there were really old grannies next to me who were able to, <laughs> who, who, who were so flexible. And I felt really stupid because I couldn't do anything. But I always felt really, really amazing in the end of the session. So I just kept 
continuing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at some point um, it became more and more intense and yeah, I delved in deeper and deeper. Okay. So where did yoga help you in, out in your life? Um, let's say, why did you delve deeper into yoga? Um, well, to be honest, um, I mean, I, I knew that it, I knew that it was really good for me. I always felt really amazing after yoga class. Um, but then at some point I had a very, um, I mean, yeah, my, my little sister died. <laughs> Let's just call it by, by its name. Uh, and I didn't know how to cope with that. So um, I just turned to yoga <laughs> to try if that was a, some sort of help for me. And it helped. Uh, so I delved in deeper and deeper because it helped me really well to overcome uh, this difficult time. So, uh, yeah, it helped me through uh, very dark times mm -hmm. and gave me lots of strength and helped me to find um, joy again, joy of living. Mm -hmm. And I'm really grateful. Since then, I've been, I've been addicted <laughs> to <laughs> yoga. <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. There's, there's one thing that comes up right now that I that we're just going into that right now because you know it's it's a big topic for me at the moment and um, that's that's the thing about like how do we cope with things the mm. question about how do we cope with things and like sometimes yeah it's all right like something really really terrible happens and you need to be able to cope with it somehow and you you need to understand it in some way and you need to take time for yourself and everything but then mm. you also want to get away from this coping again and coming back to your natural life do you understand a little bit of what i want to say here yeah for sure for sure not not needing to cope with that anymore but mm -hmm. kind of like creating a, an acceptance maybe i don't know yeah can can you like uh, elaborate on this a little bit of like um like the bond boundaries of co coping with somebody and maybe getting addicted to coping with somebody. I'm not saying that you're doing that, not at all. I think you're way over that point. But I think like people maybe get stuck in the coping thing or could get stuck in the mm. coping thing and can't get out of it anymore. Do you think that's mm. a case? Could be the case or not? Um, you mean with yoga or in general? In, in general, with anything yeah, that I you can, yeah. Yeah, I think I think in general, um, uh, any anything any anything that's kind of crisis or problem or negative is completely ignored in our society. It doesn't matter whether in Europe or the US. I think it's kind of universally just ignored, and um, people are trying to pretend as if um, crises never happen. And right now, it's pretty difficult to pretend because it's a pretty global crisis, and everybody is involved. Um, but before Corona, everybody just tried to um, not speak about um, awkward things like illness, death, um, trouble, sorrow, um, depression. And um, the, the people who experience these things um, also kind of don't want this to happen. Mm -hmm. And they are trying to push it away and just either bury it and ignore it and just not think about it anymore or distract themselves mm -hmm. or kind of dive so deep into the feeling that they don't really get out anymore either um, <laughs> and kind of just dissolve into this whole um, experience of, of crisis. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's really important to find a way out to kind of to find a way to, um, to feel your feelings, to acknowledge them, to face them um, and to experience them. And then also to, to let, to let them go and to say, okay, this, this is happening now. This is what's, what it feels like to me, but I can I can let it go and I can free myself again and uh, move on. Yeah, it's so, very difficult, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's possible. So it's but it's a balance between feeling, facing, and experience, and then letting them go and accepting uh, what has been happening. Yeah, know. yeah, mm -hmm. just yeah, just just acknowledging that something bad has happened. Yeah. Acknowledging your feelings because um, crises um, of any kind are never never funny. They 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 are never they are never nice to experience, mm. and it's, it always leaves you with scars and wounds. 
which might remain open for, open for the rest of your life. But the, the question is, how can you accept them as part of yourself and then still move on? Because life will go on. Yeah. Not, not, no matter what happens, it will go on. Like, except if you die, then obviously not. But then you release as well. So no problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Thank, thank you for, for uh, that little excursus that just came up to me. Um, what is Kundalini Yoga? Can you explain um, there a little? Kundalini Yoga um, is uh, a, pa a path of yoga that assumes that in every living being, um, there is an inherent life force um, uh, waiting to be awoken, waiting to wake up and waiting to unfold. And in some people, this energy is more dormant and less active and in other people, it's more active. And the point of Kundalini Yoga is to awaken this inherent energy in us, in us um, through various practices and techniques um, to get more energy, to be more more here, more more alive, more awake, uh, with more enthusiasm in life, um, more present, to have more energy to do stuff, to do the stuff you love and to um, experience your full potential. Mm -hmm. I always hear it like... Uh from teachers of me that oh yeah kundalini is like the fast way to enlightenment is that <laughs> do you do you think like do you agree on that or do you think oh no that's not the case um well no no not really because um um kundalini yoga does take its time as well and if you are too fast if you go too fast then it can go it can backfire really really bad so <laughs> you do have to take your time with kundalini as well it, it, it won't happen overnight it's not it's not <laughs> an instant recipe for enlightenment for sure not yeah, it, yeah it is sure. very, <laughs> the techniques are very intense for sure and they 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 can stir up like energies that are pretty pretty intense very quickly and very intensely but it's not the point to do it really fast on the contrary it's it's more the point to take your time and to go step by step because if you go too fast uh, it can be quite quite bad mm -hmm. yeah exactly that was the next question where to be careful with it <laughs> well basically yeah um if you if you are trying to push yourself too much if you're trying to reach um um certain experiences too fast mm -hmm. and also if you if you're just looking for the for the intense experiences without changing the rest of your life for example if you have a really mm -hmm. unhealthy lifestyle if you take drugs if you drink alcohol if you eat meat um, and then do intense kundalini practice um your whole body is completely polluted from all the the kind of toxic stuff you you take um and this whole energy can't really go through your clean body, it will just backfire, and um, uh, which can yeah be really have really bad consequences. Okay, um, let's go on. What are your favorite yoga practices or Kundalini yoga practices, or what is your favorite thing out of yoga? <laughs> um, I think that depends on on the on my on, on the phase in my life. Um, sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, if my life is very turbulent, if I, have, if I have lots of change in my life, if there is a lot, lot going on in my life, I prefer really grounding, um, calming practices like standing positions and mountain pose, um, warrior poses. Sometimes if my life is a bit stagnant and I want some change, I love to do pranayama, breathing exercises to kind of stoke my inner fire. And I also love to sing mantras. Um, but obviously not, not not only mantras because I also want to move my body. I want to breathe. I want to yeah. So it's basically a mixture of everything depending on the current situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about you? Um, my favorite practice is oh, I like I like for example um, child's pose. I love it very very much. Uh, yeah. um, especially like as I can connect with the stretch better and better. And maybe it's not the case with everybody, but for example. Uh, like the breathing, I always teach it in a way that uh, I remember the students or tell the students that, oh yeah, make sure you don't have any kind of waist restriction going on. So if you're wearing a belt or so, loosen the belt as you come mm. forward so they can breathe in deep into their belly. And I really, really love uh, like for others to also connect with that and see that. And uh, that's why I love to teach it. And that's why I, why I also like uh, going into the pose and just relax for a little bit there. Mm, yeah, child pose is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Good. Um, we're going a little further. Um, this is this is very much um, a question that I love to pose to a lot of people. Uh, even though I kind of found my own answer to the question already, um, it's still um, great to see other point, uh, other views from other people. And the question is the following: Where do you draw the line to esoteric practices? If you draw a line, if you do draw a mm. line. So esoteric practices meaning maybe like astrology or maybe mm. like etheric oils. Mm. And yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's really that's a really good question. It's um it's it's difficult to draw a line because um because I think some practices from yoga are already esoteric stuff for other people. It depends on your position and the deeper you get into yoga, the, the, the more you open yourself towards all sorts of practices, the kind of the, the closer you get towards the line of being a bit um, over the top. So I think the, the key is always to remain critical and always like not to think, oh yeah, this is yoga, this is amazing automatically and I won't um, question anything anymore, but always to remain a bit bit skeptical and always to question the stuff you do and always think, is this really necessary now? Does this, does this really make sense? And always remain, yeah, have a skeptical mind. Wonderful. It's great to hear this from, from a woman, uh, actually, because I think women are more like open, more open as, as I think like mm -hmm. men are more grounded and maybe more critical and l don't let everything into their life. And women are more like, oh yeah, yeah, give me, give me everything, right? <laughs> Without being that mm -hmm. skeptical. So it's very, very great to hear that also from, from a woman as you are also a teacher, of course. Um, and of course, there are different kind of answers, again, that are completely correct in their own way again, so... What's your answer? Uh, my, my answer is um, just like, if it supports somebody, it's all right. Even if, mm -hmm. even if I don't agree with like the practice itself, if it supports somebody, it's all right. Uh, however, um, still, again, as you're saying, critical, being critical is kind of like the right answer there as well mm. being critical but seeing as well like these practices uh, can support somebody else that is not you right mm -hmm. so that's kind of like my answer okay cool so let's go on a little bit uh, to yoga lifestyle we're now changing it a little up from kundalini and going into yoga more into yoga lifestyle right now uh, first of all what does lifestyle mean lifestyle means Lifestyle is the interests, opinions, behaviors, and behavioral orientations of an individu individual, group, or culture. Good. So I know you have a Christmas tree at home. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about your Christmas tree? <laughs> well, my Christmas tree, it's um, actually the, the first Christmas tree of my life. Uh, the first Christmas tree I've ever had. Um, and since I work in an environmental NGO, I, I work as a full-time job in the um, NGO for climate protection. It is a plastic tree because um, somehow we found out, I don't ask me the, ex the explanation, but we found out that um, it is more environmentally friendly to buy a plastic tree than to buy a, a, a real tree every year and to grow a tree and then um, chop it down and grow a new one every year for everybody in, in I don't know, who celebrates Christmas. Yeah. So the tree is plastic and I'm going to use it for the rest of my life, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and, and I love it. It's a really beautiful accessoire and to make it even more environmental friendly, it's still standing up even though it's the end of January. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And that's exactly why I love to talk with you about an environment as you're kind of like a professional there. And we're going to dive there a little bit in there into diet and health right now, as well as as like, okay, where, where's the connection to environment there, right? But uh, it comes clear that, to see that there are definitely connections there and we're figuring that out in just a moment. So the question is, the next question comes up like, what are reasons to move toward being vegetarian, vegetarian and vegan? And we can answer that also a little bit together, but I want to give it over to you and you can pass it back to me whenever you want. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I'm not really a fan of um, making people, of, of saying 
everybody should do this or that um, <laughs> because for a long time I was really, really, really anti. I, I used to be really, really against vegetarianism and veganism, especially because um, yoga said you mustn't eat meat, you have to be a vegetarian. So I thought automatically, I thought, well, I, I don't have to do anything and I'm going to eat extra an extra amount of meat now uh, just out mm -hmm. of principle, which is a bit ridiculous. But I mean, that's that's how I was. Mm -hmm. I, I think... Um, I think I would I would I would wish for everybody to have the experience how good on your body vegetarianism and veganism is. Mm -hmm. I realized for the first time when I was in an ashram for for ten days, um, and obviously there was only vegan organic food. And I I came out of the ashram and I was like, yeah, now out of principle I'm gonna eat a, a pizza now, a salami mm -hmm. pizza, and I felt so awful. <laughs> um, and then and then I realized how how amazing I felt every time I went to the ashram and only ate vegetarian and vegan food, and how awful I felt when I did when I didn't. So I, I just it just came natural to me and, and at some point. Hmm. But I'm not really a fan of um, prescribing things or telling people what to do. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Um, I think the same way, like uh, pushing people like really aggressively toward one thing doesn't work out. Mm. Um, Still, I think there are reasons uh, that are really, really environmental that we need to talk about and we need to mm. we need to think about and we need to make people like talk about like as we're doing here yeah. right now. And and I think like uh, one one reason for me to be at least vegetarian for now is like um, uh, just morals of like killing, killing an animal. It doesn't mm. doesn't fit for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's also part of the it's actually part of the the yoga yamas and niyamas the the basic principles for for yogic lifestyle, mm -hmm. non violence towards yourself and every other living being. So that makes sense. And for me, it's also an energetic point of view. Um, I think if if you um, if you have animals in like the way we hold animals for 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 mass um, animal, how do you say? Um, like, like this, this uh, for industrial production of meat or, or yeah, like yeah. I mean, cramming animals in the tiniest yeah. space, yeah, yeah. They are going to be unhappy and scared their whole life, and then they are slaughtered in the most um, awful situation, which is uh, at which point they are producing lots of stress hormones, and we are we are eating all this stress, all this fear, all this unhappiness. We are taking it in through their meat. So I, I don't want to have all this negativity and fear and. Um, yeah, um, anxiety from from the animals in my body because because everything is energy and the energy isn't lost just because mm -hmm. the animal is dead. It, mm -hmm. it, it's in there. It's in their meat. It's in <laughs> in the stuff you eat in the end. So you eat pure fear and um, unhappiness basically. That's why so many people. That's why unhappiness is and and anxiety, depression is also so far spread. Yeah. In my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um... Yeah, I think I think we're going a little bit further from away from that question. Um, what are obstacles like for other people that might want to become vegetarian or uh, vegan, and that are in the way of like uh, them achieving it? What do you think? Maybe the idea. Um, I mean, I'm I'm from Germany. I'm from 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 the south of Germany originally, where you eat meat all the time. Basically, for like three times a day, you eat meat. Yeah. And I was brought up with the idea, sort of, that if I don't eat meat, I I will always feel hungry, um, which is obviously like doesn't make sense. Uh, it's not true, but that's what I thought for a long time, and it was so deep in in my um, it was so, so it was such a deep belief. That I just kept believing, and every time I ate a vegetarian meal, I thought, "Oh, this is not going to make me full. I'm going to be hungry all day." And um, I kind of, I, I always thought I need meat in order to, yeah, not not be hungry anymore. And I think if you can take this, if you can take this belief from people, this might help already. And also, this whole belief about um, you have to eat meat because you need all the all the nutrients from the meat. Also doesn't I mean you can get all the nutrients from like in other ways as well you can you can get them from from vegetables as well no no problem mm -hmm. there I think mm -hmm. that's also a, a firmly held belief that you have to that you need meat especially as a woman you need the meat because of the iron and stuff which is not really true yeah there's there, there's vegetables with lots of iron as well and you don't really need the meat um yeah another another thing that i want to uh, mention as well as as next to your great points is like the lobbyism that is going on for meat mm. like uh where, wherever but 
mostly in America, there's very, very strong lobbyism going on that we probably won't, don't see that much in, in, uh, in Europe, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and people, it's, it's just so hard for people like to change, change their lifestyle as well. Like as they don't have much time, like to think about these kind of things as they are in, in their work life and, and that they are working nine to five or just have a day job. And it's just hard for them to figure out, oh, now I need to change my eating style. Who's saying that? I, I'm not listening to that. that. Why should I care, right? I just want to live my life and I want to do these things that I'm doing and I don't care about that. Just leave me alone, right? And and yeah, it's kind of like, how, how could you reach them even? Like talking to them, mm -hmm. like maybe just reduce it a little bit, you know, instead of eating three times a day or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really a fan of um, positive, positive psychology, positive education, mm -hmm. not really telling them you mustn't do this. This is bad because mm -hmm. uh, of all the animal suffering. I think it's I'm more a fan of the approach of telling them how amazing they will feel, how mm -hmm. how they will benefit if they reduce it. I agree. That's but wonderful. It's, it's, yeah. But it, it's, it's really extreme. I found out um, two days ago that in Germany we have a, a VAT of... Um, 19% and um, it is reduced to 7% on essential food like meat, eggs and milk and bread basically. Oh. But, um, but, it, but, but, but vegan alternatives or vegetarian alternatives for meat like tofu and all the substitute stuff is, um, is taxed the same way as everything else. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not deemed essential. Yeah. So meat is actually is less, less taxed than meat substitutes, which is really bad i think that's Apropos, so strange uh, industry. yeah that's yeah. so strange things like that yeah, uh, yeah. well still a long way but i think we are already on a on a good way i Definitely. mean um becoming a vegetarian and vegan now is so easy because you can find all these amazing uh, yummy substitutes like all the um meat substitutes you, you have tofu everywhere you get um uh, the milk substitute, at least in Germany, you have it in every supermarket. Mm -hmm. And I think 10 years ago, it was so much harder. So, so, so much harder. And yeah. by now, it's so easy to, to eat well as a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, could we quickly, before we go any further, uh, talk about the environmental effects of meat production? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Do you have the insider information there or not? Because I don't have them here. I'm asking you right now. <laughs> Well, um, I, I can't give you any exact numbers, but mm -hmm. um, meat consumption definitely has uh, quite an intense impact on your CO2 imprint, um, like on, on how, how much CO2 you are producing through your lifestyle. Meat, meat consumption is a very, very, very big part of that. But I, I can't give you the exact um, numbers here because mm -hmm. it's not part of my, my projects. Okay. That's why uh, I have different projects and different topics. Yeah. I just know that it makes a big difference for sure. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's come back to the tofu. As you just said, um, you just um, told us like, oh yeah, tofu is available for a lot of people. And now everybody who's tuning in and listens to that, don't be offended by what I'm going to say, but it's kind of like in my experience that I, I watch other people like eating their food. And I also came along to a stream on Twitch already, like where they kind of like ate a product that was like um, an and a product like for for kind of like meat change so no meat you know what do i want to say i just want to say um fleischersatz mm -hmm, yeah so meat substitute meat substitute exactly it was a meat substitute and they tested that meat substitute out and they were like like um very much like uh, trying it out and spitting it out again. And uh, I was thinking like, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, you see that everywhere, all the time. Everywhere you look, it's like uh, a little bit like this toxic masculinity in there of like, okay, what do you expect? This is a meat substitute and it's probably healthy for you. So probably it doesn't have all the fats in there and everything you're used to. That is not mm. healthy for you. <laughs> so what do you think about that? What what are your thoughts right now going on when I'm you, you mean about about people discrediting meat substitutes because it's disgusting or 
Yeah, exactly. They 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 think it's disgusting, disgusting, or they expect something else, like some other flavors in their mouth. They're just yeah. Well, I, th I think, first of all, I think um, there are very disgusting meat substitutes out there for sure. Um, <laughs> not everything, not every substitute is good. You have to try your way through quite a few in order to find really, really good stuff. But there is <laughs> really good stuff out there. There's also really disgusting stuff out there. <laughs> Um, and I think a lot of it is, is just psychological. For example, my family are such convinced meat, meat eaters. They, 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 they go completely crazy when I give them something vegetarian. Uh, once I invited my brother over and I was like, yeah, I can cook you a Thai curry. And he was like, ah, is it going to be vegetarian? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he was like, yeah, then I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat a donut. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to bring a donut and eat that. And I was like, seriously, why? Just, uh, just, just get some meat and put it in there. I, I don't care. And I think if you gave him a meat substitute, he would automatically just discredit it just, just because, just out of principle, because the substitute. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you closed his eyes and gave him some meat and the meat substitute, which can be very similar and re really good as well, mm -hmm. maybe he wouldn't even notice the difference. But just if he knows the difference, out of principle, he would say, ah, it's disgusting because it's substitute. Um, so I think like, yeah. That's, these are my thoughts on that. Yeah. Okay, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, I, I don't can like order that in right now. Like, okay, what what is this? Is this like just like being so grounded in in your principles that you can't change? Or yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> even even if it would be good, like oh no, I don't want to have that. It's kind of like thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's strange. My, my, my whole family is like that. <laughs> Every time I talk to my mom, she's like, oh, are you still a vegetarian? Is, is this still happening, really? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Why, why are people annoyed by it? Why are people annoyed uh, like that people are going around saying like, oh, yeah, you should eat vegan or you should eat a ve vegetarian. And yeah, what do you think about that? Well, um, I think there's a difference between people being annoyed when people go around and say, you should, you should, you should, because that annoys mm -hmm. me as well. If people tell me you should, then I automatically say, no, I, I should not, for sure not. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I think um, because it just it just um, attacks my lifestyle and, and many people are very grounded in their lifestyle and don't want to have it attacked. But, mm -hmm. but if you just if you just say I am a vegetarian and I like it without telling them what to do, they mm -hmm. are still offended. And I think that's because they um, they kind of subconsciously maybe know that it's it might be better, but they don't want to change their view just just out of principle, or they are, they they are, they don't want to change their opinion because they never mm -hmm. have, and they don't want you to change their opinion. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe it's about the person who's in front of them because they don't accept your your authority they, they don't mm -hmm. believe that you have um that you can res can be responsible for your own life that you can make responsible decisions um maybe they think they are always right uh, that's why no one can tell them they are wrong or they subconsciously feel a little bit attacked mm -hmm. um by you setting an example they don't want to see yeah yeah what well, what about the group mind before we go any further this is the last question about like the meat and the vegan mm -hmm. uh thing what about like being in groups and uh, we we want we come back to the group thing again uh, in a little bit, but um, like you're imagine you're being a man in a group that all all the men's are eating meat, right? And mm. now once you're saying like, okay, you know what? I'm not eating meat anymore because you know my sister is also not eating meat and it's way way healthier for her. Then that <laughs> might be great, right? That may, might be great for that per individual person, but for the group, it's like, okay, well, what is this guy doing? Okay, I don't mm. like him that much anymore. We can invite him over anymore to eat meat or whatever. And um, mm. yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think you should always surround yourself with people who um, encourage the lifestyle you want to lead. And sometimes when you, uh, which is also, by the way, like sometimes if you want to make a change in your life, which can, by the way, be a sort of Kundalini experience as well, just suddenly realizing this is not the, the, the life I want to live anymore. Um, um, if, if you want to change your life, you sometimes have to change the people around you as well. Sometimes you have to say goodbye to some people in your life in order to change your life the way you want to live your life. So it's really important what kind of people you surround yourself with. 
Um, le let's read the message from Jamie at the moment. So he says, I personally feel like a lot of fitness and slim people, vegans and vegetarians, give off the, a sense that they are superior to mm. others and their ways best and are very judgmental, think everyone should be like them. And if they're not, then they're not worth as much. Um, yeah. Definitely. Definitely agree Probably with that. But it could be also like the other way around that, uh, as you're saying, you're you're kind of like just living as you like to live, right? And you don't think about uh, spreading that that thought around, and and the other person just um, automatically accept like, oh yeah, this guy is above me or something, or this guy feels he's better than me because he doesn't eat meat. So kind of like, yeah, strange, superimposed by yourself. Do yeah, you think, yeah, I think it's difficult because for a long time, as as the lone wolf said, um, that many people are very very extreme and they try to missionarize or missionize or they they, they try mm -hmm. to be missionaries and yeah in the uh, about veg vegetarianism and I really really <laughs> hate that as well. I used to make me it used to make me so aggressive as well. <laughs> Um, and I think many people are kind of traumatized by all these missionaries, by all mm -hmm. these people who always try to force their views onto other people. That's why mm -hmm. they automatically assume that every vegan is like this, every vegetarian is like this, mm -hmm. even though they are not. By now, there are many moderate vegetarians, many mm -hmm. people who are just vegetarians just enjoy it, yeah. but don't want to missionize anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we are. Like, I'm, I'm traumatized as well by it. It's, it's the same with, with gender, for example, this mm -hmm. whole gender debate there. Yeah. At my university, oh my God, there was such <laughs> extreme, extreme gender people. They, they, yeah. they were so hardcore and they were so intolerant and horrible. Yeah, that's why I, I, I hate gender topic. Even though <laughs> I'm a woman, and it's actually it, it, it is, is a, it's a good topic, but I, I hate it because there are so many extreme people out there. Yeah, so many extremists. Yeah, yeah. It just destroy the topic for reasonable people. I agree. Which is a shame. Yeah, I agree. So. So, so to conclude the message, like from my side, uh, at least I want to share again, like, okay, why, why do we speak about this, right? I, we want to get this into awareness. We want to have a friendly discussion. I don't want to push it out to like say everybody, hey, you need to become vegan or vegan uh, vegetarian. But I also want to say like, hey, it's a possibility. I, you're invited, right? But I don't think like you should if it doesn't feel like you. Um, time will come that uh, maybe you are forced to do that somehow in in the, just because of the environment, right? But I mm. I necessarily won't say uh, right now that you need to do that. But you need to at least uh, know a little bit your way around would be great. I think if you can give like the time and the effort for it, for it to think about it a little bit, and that's it. That's what I want you to do. Is like to think about it. That's kind of like my mission or what I want to do here. Hmm. Yeah. Does that make a little sense? Are you are you uh, in agree with that? <laughs> Can you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. I'm happy. <laughs> um, we're going now a little bit further and we're coming back to the group mind. And um, first of all, I'd like to speak with you about something else. You mentioned yesterday uh, like um, that you're sometimes trolled on your stream and I wanted to speak with you about that quickly. Would you would you want to speak about that first of all or not? Yeah, sure we can. Yeah, for sure. Okay, sure. Uh, so let's speak about that quickly and then let's go a little bit into a different topic but still connected to that. So yeah, what was the experience like and how does it feel for you when you're kind of like trolled uh, on stream? Um... It, it depends. Um, in the beginning, uh, I uh, when I went on Twitch, I didn't realize there was there there would be something that extreme. I didn't have I didn't have a chat mod. I, I didn't have a moderator. I didn't have um, chatbot. I had nothing. I didn't have any banned um, expressions. Nothing. And it was really it was so awful that I um, I thought I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna quit Twitch because it, it's too intense it's disgusting it's a sexist horrible platform mm -hmm. um, and then I discovered the chatbot I discovered how to ban people I discovered how to block certain expressions I have mm -hmm. now beautiful moderators who I think also are in this chat right now mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 good it's okay now in the in the chat and the stuff that comes through in the chat is okay because it's filtered now um it's not the really awful stuff anymore um 
which I can cope with. Um, by now, I just say, okay, we have a troll. I'm just going to block him, ban him. Okay, fine. But um, like last week, people started to um, troll me through whispers in a really awful way, like really, really horrible stuff they wrote. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried to do a reading stream and I got so distracted because I saw my, my whispers accumulating and like, uh, like nine whispers, 10 whispers, 15 whispers, 20 mm -hmm. whispers. And it's, it was all really awful stuff. And I know it's only super teenagers probably. Mm -hmm. But if you are a little bit sensitive, it's um, I don't know. It can be quite intense, and it's not really the stuff you wanna you wanna read or hear. Not really the the, the echo you wanna have if you're trying to share something that's really valuable to you. Um, yep. So now, now I, I think as, as a woman, you basically are, the, the the only option you have is just um, setting the 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 mod rules as high as possible, block whispers from everybody, and just kind of build a massive wall around you <laughs> in order to be able to stream peacefully for the people who are interested, which is a shame. It's, it's a real shame that this is, um, even if it's only teenagers, but still, I mean, even teenagers can have some sort of respect and um, empathy. Yeah, I but agree. Apparently, some, some people don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think this, yeah, this is uh, something that we need to learn, and I'm also in this learning process. But however, I, I don't get trolled that often, most likely because I'm a man. Uh, mm. Still, I'm a target, you know, a yoga teacher as male should be mm. a target as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I, th I think with time and time, uh, you will grow a thick skin for that, but uh, you need to deal with that multiple times and, and think like, oh, yeah. If, now I'm distracted again because of that and, the, and that and these messages are horrible, right? And yeah. Uh, and, and, and the funny the funny thing, sorry to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. Um what I what I realized when they trolled me so bad in my in my reading stream is you know there there are people out there who say, Well, yeah, it's your own fault. If you are in, in tight yoga clothes with, with your belly free <laughs> in front of the camera, then you don't have to be surprised when people troll you and be sexist towards you. Mm -hmm. But in my reading stream, you basically was, we're only able to see the kind of picture you're seeing now, just just yeah. my face and yeah. and like no no décolleté, nothing, yeah. just just my face. Yeah. So that it's it's not even about the stuff I wear. As a woman, it doesn't really matter what you wear. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's just your face. It's just it's just your sex. It's just I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is just Twitch at the moment, and they need to learn it, right? So, mm. yeah. Uh, what else could we say about that? Like to be really empathic right now is like. <laughs> to 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 know that they are maybe suffering right they are maybe having something going on in, in their life right that is not yeah, that sure. is not nice right and they kind of like need to deal in another way right and how i think about it is like like okay wh why don't i get trolled more often right why don't i get more trolled more often because it would take away uh from kind of like your your um like now that we are together right um it will take away some trolls from your your side your, from your stream they're invited to come and hang out in my stream <laughs> uh, and and tell some bad stuff to me of course and yeah the problem is they it's it's like with me it's it's purely sexist it's purely yeah. sexual harassment like yeah. extreme sexual harassment yeah. and they won't come to you they they might come to you with uh, creativity like with with negative critical hateful comments as Lone yeah. Wolf is saying here yeah, but the whole sexual harassment is just landing at the woman. Yeah, <laughs> at all, at, at, at every woman on, on Twitch. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm not the only one. Yeah, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. So, uh, how can you help yourself out? So, speaking with others, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful um, for the uh, for for our yoga community on on Discord. Mm -hmm. It helped me so 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 much um, to see that I'm not the only one. It's not because of me. It's it's everybody. And then also exchanging the trolls, having our troll list, um, listing the trolls, and um, blocking them all together. <laughs> that really helped the the whole moral support from others. Yeah. And and then just using using all the the chat bots. Yeah. Just build, building a, a more and more extreme wall around myself so yeah. the people who actually want to, who are interested in the stuff I share, can actually <laughs> enjoy it without me being confused. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, we're going now a little further. We're now changing the angle from like um, <laughs> victim to, um, uh, is it called perpetrator? I'm not really sure, from victim to one that attacks. And um, we, we are yoga teachers and uh, we both are yoga teachers. 
And recently, so last year in kind of like August, they uh, kind of like created a little statement there that um, again, uh, some some really high yoga teacher kind of like uh, misconducted mm-hmm. um, and sexually abused his students. And um, we, we are not going into that right now, but he was a Kundalini yoga teacher. Uh, he's already oh. dead. <laughs> so it's a long time ago already. And um, we want to discuss not like the incidents, but you really rather want to discuss, okay, how can we create uh, an environment for our for our students that feels safe, that feels like, okay, they they are like in control of themselves. They are not mm. like in in like a group setting where they need to say or act in a certain kind of way mm. and are not pushed towards any kind of responses. Like, yes, yes, definitely, yes, 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 yes. Or they are welcome mm. to say no to some things. Do you have an mm. answer there, maybe? Well, I, th- I think online is a different story. It, it, you have to differentiate between online and, and live courses. Uh, I, I think online it's easygoing because um, no, no one sees anyone. They, people can just do whatever they like. And I also encourage them to to, to, to ignore me and just do what they like. Yeah. If, if what I'm saying is, doesn't serve them, then then just just don't do it. Exactly. And in my live classes, um, I don't do um, I don't do adjust. I don't I don't touch people. And I ask like before the class, I ask people. Is it okay if I touch you? And if it's not okay, then please let me know. I'll put something in front of your mat that signals to me, don't touch me. I always give people the option not to be touched. Yep. Because not everybody wants to be touched by the teacher, and I completely respect that. That's <laughs> the kind of way I'm trying to signal to them. You don't have to be touched. I don't have to be near you. You don't have to listen to me. You can just be here and <laughs> just, just do your thing, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I think a little bit the same. Like... Um giving the people an option like not to be touched not to be adjusted i always ask like uh, can i may i adjust you may i trust you before i physically uh, like mm-hmm. may i trust you physically with like something uh softly right i'm not pushing them anywhere into it <laughs> um yeah and um still you need to be mindful still you need to be um aware like at every moment like what you're doing exactly uh that you're not uh hurting somebody or or like going into a direction that person doesn't want to um let's take it one one step further and um thinking about the future like um you know these these guys are or these it's always like men like uh that we're speaking about like sexual abuse and everything and uh probably in future there will be cases where where female will be also involved just because the whole thing gets uh, the whole system gets a little bit more equilibrium in there but that doesn't that's not what we want to talk about right now what i want to say is how can make can you make sure right now in this moment that you won't do anything like out of line in the future like thinking and connecting with your like darkest things in your body do you have Mm. a question there maybe (laughs) i know it's super difficult you mean how how can i um make sure that i don't sexually harass my male students for example for example yeah if you mm. kind of like had something going on in your body like that tells you like yeah i want i feel drawn to that student and kind of like yeah just feeling that drawn toward that student that's all mm-hmm. yeah I, I i think um i think yoga is kind of the key to practice awareness and if you and to really pull your boundaries and have strong principles and yeah. also implement them if you if you have the slightest feeling of oh uh, I, I, I kind of have feelings for this person or I feel drawn towards him, I feel attracted towards him, then maybe backing off, um, changing the course, um, t- maybe even talking to him and saying this doesn't work anymore or something, mm-hmm. um, just being, just setting your boundaries very early. Yeah. Um, and also not, also refusing any sort of cult around your person. Uh, for example, in the ashram where where I'm I'm part of Yoga Vidya, the 
the head of Yoga Vidya, Sukadev, he, he completely refuses to be called a guru. He's <laughs> he's really he he always like no, I'm I'm not a guru. Don't don't trust what I'm saying. Google stuff. Um, question the stuff I say. Don't believe yeah. me. I'm 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 and, and and he's completely embarrassed if you are if you are if you are enthusiastic about him. He doesn't want that. Yeah. So also trying to stay stay humble and refuse any sort <laughs> of um, idolizing of your students on your part. Agree. Your yeah. students don't worship you so much, but they, they, they just appreciate you as a teacher, but don't make you their idol. Agree. Agree completely. Yeah, that's wonderful. And um, I think I think it's so essential that people that are kind of like yoga teachers or that are getting into like, oh, yeah, they're getting more authority. They are getting more like students come to their classes that they think about these things, because in my opinion, if you're if you're stepping out of the line one time. Mm. then it's so hard to step back and say, okay, I make, made a mistake and, and come back mm. to uh, like, uh, yeah, um, I'm again like this teacher that has boundaries, right? Instead of like, yeah. again, feel drawn towards something that's way, way easier to just go with the flow instead of saying like, oh, no, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. So it's mm. it's very very important in, at least in my opinion to set clear boundaries from the beginning on and say no to that because otherwise you could live into something that you don't want to do you agree there yeah. or do you think like strange no totally i mean probably many people will ask themselves yeah but how do you set the boundaries how do you get the principles and um, I think that that's the difficult part to establish, I mean, to, to really adhere to your principles, really be true to them, because it, it is always the easiest, uh, the path of least resistance to just say, ah, okay, yeah, principles are nice, but whatever, just just this once. Mm -hmm. But I think this, this, is, this is where yoga helps as well, by practicing mm -hmm. to, be, to be aware, to be mindful, to kind of kill these feelings in the bud before they even arise. Mm -hmm. um, and and if they if they arise to be aware of them and, mm -hmm. and practice um, your your inner strength to to train mm -hmm. your inner strength and mm -hmm. your inner willpower to mm -hmm. be able to say no yeah this this is an option now but I'm not taking it because I don't I don't want to it's my principle yeah yeah good so I dear friends know. everybody here in the chat if you have any more questions for Isa or for me please feel free to write them now in the chat we're having some more questions coming up but uh, we're nearing the end slowly slowly. And if you have some questions uh, that I maybe have overlooked, feel free to post them right now again in the chat. So we are heading to the next part of this uh, questions, this podcast. We're coming to authenticity and social media. So I think like a lot of people, especially in yoga, are very, very much superficial. Uh, like when it's coming to Instagram and everything, but still there's a lot of things on Instagram. So, so many uplifting quotes, so many nice pictures, but still they sometimes feel a little bit superficial. How can you stay authentic on Instagram? Maybe also posting something negative from time to time that not everybody wants to see. What do you think about this, these kind of thoughts? Hmm, yeah, that's um, a difficult question. Um, I, th I think authenticity is not something you can you can learn or you can um, acquire. I think it's something you either have or haven't. I, I think either either you are authentic or you aren't authentic. And I think I think there are lots of people who um, who just do the yoga, yoga teacher training because they 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 are able to do the physical stuff because they used to do ballet or dancing or cheerleading when they were younger they have the the, the physical capabilities of doing yoga mm -hmm. and they they have they are beautiful women they they look hot and then it's it's kind of cool to throw yourself in a yoga pose in almost no clothes or tight clothes and just look good and and get all the appreciation from people and saying that oh my god you're so hot you're so beautiful you're amazing plus some sort of random deep quote and <laughs> and you have your pose. Seriously, this is what I see so much on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. Breathe in, breathe out. Inhale, exhale. <laughs> Stay with yourself. Stay true to yourself. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I think I, I, I think there, there are also authentic people, and they also, they, I think they automatically are authentic on Instagram. If they, if they, if they manage to relax in front of the camera and just be themselves, they. Mm -hmm. If they, if they do videos, for example, then they will be authentic because they are authentic. Mm -hmm. If you are fake, then you will be fake on social media as well. Mm -hmm. I, don't think you, I, I, I don't think you can fake authenticity. 
I just think that authentic people might be so nervous and so um, camera unexperienced that they seem inauthentic, even though they are authentic. I yep. think that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. So what yeah. about you? How do you, how do you uh, remain authentic on, on Instagram? What's, what, what's your good, strategy? That's a good question. You know, I, I connect a little bit more with like uh, creating better pictures and everything because, you know, it's it's kind of like you need to go with, with a little bit with that uh, quality and you need to yeah. um, step up your game a little bit in that way. So uh, still being authentic and, and, and connecting to your best life and... Uh, posting maybe here and there also something negative about you to stay authentic because if you only see positive things from everybody mm -hmm. i i think it's like yeah strange it's strange and it it's mm -hmm. it's just seems superficial to me very very much and yeah. it also i i also think it portrays a strange uh, like uh, thought of yoga like uh, yeah, yoga is mm. physical poses, right? All the time, all, all these images about yoga and uh, beautiful girls, right? And and you don't see that many men. Of course, I see some men because I I uh, kind of subscribe to them. But yeah. Yeah. So mm. um, Charlie Underwood says, Instagram was made to show off and show perfect stuff. So it's basically a bit swimming against the stream. But one who tries can succeed indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think being being authentic can really be a key like in your in your presence, in your Twitch presence, in your uh, Instagram presence. And yeah. I think we're leaving it that that at the moment. Uh is there something else you'd like to speak about right now, uh Isa? Um, I think I think there are some more questions from mm -hmm. from people. Um, okay. Do, do you want to do you want to um, yeah. talk about them? Or? Yeah, yeah. I read them. Uh, Jamie asked. I don't know if it's already been asked, but what was your experience first starting into Kundalini yoga, and do you have any tips or advice for a beginner wanting to get into Kundalini? Um. Yeah. Um. Wait a second. Um. Um, yeah, um, the lone wolf, um, there are two types of Kundalini yoga. There, there, there are two, basically two branches of Kundalini yoga. Um, there's the, the one that I was kind of, um, trained in the Shivananda tradition. And there's the Kundalini yoga style by Yogi Bhajan, uh, which is a bit more popular also, especially in the U S and which is also practiced by people like Madonna and other celebrities. Um, uh, so you have to kind of see which which one is more suitable for you. The Shivananda one is um, comprises various different practices: um, Hatha yoga, uh, meditation, pranayama, um, working with vis visualizations, working with mantras. And the one with yoga, yoga, Yogi Bhajan is more doing repetitive movements. The, the stuff I'm also doing sometimes on Twitch, doing really repetitive, strong movements in order to get up all the energy. And basically, you just have to you just have to find a teacher you can relate to. That's always the most difficult part. Um, finding a good Kundalini yoga teacher who you can respect and who makes who makes sense to you and who prepares the exercises in a way that they feel good for you or that that you can master them and who you'd also trust. Because I think, like, as we already talked about, I think in yoga there are many. There, there, there are many, 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 many people who have yoga te teacher training, but they are not necessarily all good yoga teachers. And um, it's, sometimes it's really hard to find a person who you can relate to. I think that's the, the first step to find a person who you can relate to and then t take lessons with them. Agree, yeah. Where will you be in five years? Asks Swiss. <laughs> Swiss, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Um, five years is a very, very long lifespan. And... Um, in my ideal worldview, I will be a full-time yoga teacher somehow, online, offline, or both. Um, but who knows what the future holds? I have no idea. Five years is a very long life span, time span. <laughs> so, Charlie, Marseille, on the where, yeah. And Marseille, where, 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 will, where will you be in five years? Oh, uh, I will be in between of like my 10-year yoga challenge. <laughs> Your 10-year yoga challenge? Yeah, I'm, I'm teaching for 10 years every day uh, yoga. 
uh, oh, at nice. least. So we're then in six years, uh, in the sixth sixth year. And other than that, I don't know. I hopefully have a family back then uh, or in five years. And I have a wonderful wife and a wonderful uh, daughter <laughs> or son. And let's see about that. And yeah. That sounds uh, good. And of course, I still <laughs> teach yoga. So yeah, life is good, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, recommended re re uh, what's your recommended reading regarding mindfulness and yoga and life in general? Ask Charlie. Um, my favorite book, uh, that in, in my eyes, the, the, the best, 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 best yoga book for, for beginners to get to know the beauty of yoga and how amazing and beautiful it is and how awesome it feels is um, yoga. The Spirit and Practice of Moving into Stillness by Erich Schiffmann. He's an American with a German-sounding name, Erich <laughs> Schiffmann. I can type it in the chat as well. Um, it's it's uh, it's seriously oh, it's one of the most beautiful books I've read on yoga. Mm -hmm. I can type it here in the chat. Good. Yeah, really, Thank really you. recommendable. Wonderful. What about you, Marcel? What What's your favorite book on yoga and life? Oof, that that's difficult. That's a difficult one. Um, <laughs> no, I I've read a lot, but um, the most most things that I read was like on my own own um, uh, teacher training um, schedule, and then there was also another book that helped me into mindfulness a lot, uh, which is written by. Shall I just grab it quickly? I just grab it quickly. Mm -hmm. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you, the lone wolf. Thank you so much. Which is called um... <laughs> Full Catastrophe Living. And um, ah, yeah. in, in German, it's, it's called hand. different. Yeah, it's tr it's it's uh, called different in German, and uh, that's that's super funny. I don't remember what's called in German, but it's not the complete like uh, not the direct translation. So you need to just uh, check for Chun Kabat-Zinn, and he's kind of like the 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 main guy that you read about, like mindfulness-based uh, stress reduction and these kind of things that are like very very much therapeutic going on, and uh, it's just really really great to read about it and to connect a little bit more with like that tradition of like maybe meditation if i want to say so yeah i used to want to read this book so much yeah. uh, but i haven't managed to yet yeah but it's on, it's on my reading list really high up yeah yeah that's good that's good it's quite big so be aware and <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just saw it. it's it's massive yeah uh, the the German version is a little bit smaller, but it's just written smaller, so... Yeah. <laughs> Marcel, Marcel where, where did you do your teacher training? I did my teacher training in Zurich uh, with uh, Stamba Yoga. Um, I already interviewed my teacher on the Health Skill podcast, so if you want oh. to look at that, uh, you can do so. Uh, it's the wonderful Eski Fischer. You, I can send mm -hmm. you the link as well. <laughs> and she's very 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 great and i am also doing my meditation together with her so i practice kind of like my style of meditation uh, without going in there too much right now um together with her or i learned learned it together with her so um i highly recommend positive mental attitude by john joseph says charlie underwood so thank you so much for being here everybody today we're slowly <laughs> coming to an end, but I want—I forgot you asked me like, where did you do your teacher training? You did your teacher training in Yoga Vidya, right? Also, so completely in Germany all the time, or did you also go abroad? Um, I did my first teacher training in Berlin through mm -hmm. University Sports um, <laughs> with uh, a guy named Gero uh, Gero Harms. Um, mm -hmm. He he has a website called Svapurna.de and. Um, his um, yoga is called Ramapurna Yoga, mm -hmm. but he is from Yoga Vidya as well. So he was trained at Yoga Vidya. Uh oh, we lost her. Oh, you're back. Oh. Hello. I was, I was gone for a second. Yeah, it's just a second. Sorry. So you were. I was gone for a second. So you were like uh, at the part saying like, oh yeah, Yoga. Vidya. He's also part of like the Yoga Vidya people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
and 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 he was so amazing and i enjoyed the teacher training so much that afterwards i went to yoga vidya because i, I thought if such amazing people come from yoga vidya yeah. then i want to go there too okay amazing. and it's actually the it's, it's the 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 biggest ashram outside of india and it's really really amazing i love mm -hmm. it there Wonderful. it's very intense you have to be really ready for it because yeah. they are very traditional and very intense yeah but if you want intensity and true yoga tradition that's the place to go wonderful good okay, slowly <laughs> closing how can people find you isa uh, you, um, you can find me on um, Twitch, Isa um, underline poverty underline yoga, as mm -hmm. in, in the heading of this um, podcast. You can find me on Instagram, isa.poverty.yoga. And um, I also have a website, which is too complicated to say right now. <laughs> um, you can just find the website through my Instagram uh, or Twitch. And I also have a YouTube channel. And on YouTube, I'm also Isa Poverty. Is that poverty yoga? I'm not even sure. <laughs> you can find my YouTube channel on, on on Instagram. I have a, I have a link tree with all my all the links you can you can reach me through. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Yeah, that's the way to go. Cool. Uh, Charlie has a last question. Let's answer that. Yeah, what exactly is an ashram? Do you want to take that? Um, an ashram is is kind of like a, a monastery um, just for yogis. It's a it's a it's a place where there's just yogis and ayurvedis and uh, meditators <laughs> and people who are fasting and um, um, yeah, it's 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 a more or less huge place full of yogis. Good, kind of. Good, good, good. <laughs> Ah, Lone Wolf asked it before. Yeah, I didn't see it. Good. Dear friends, if you like to have a chat with us right now, we're going like for five minutes and we're chatting in the Discord. So feel free to join the Discord and we will be there buff and we just will answer your questions if you have any. Next to that, this was the Health Skill Podcast. We are leveling up your health skill. <laughs> Listen to us on the podcast platforms of your choice or watch us on YouTube. And that's it. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Isa. I really appreciate that. And sharing your sharing your beauty here. And yeah, we are we're closing it off here. So dear friends, if you like to join in with us, we are going to have a little talk right now um, together. And in the Discord, so we just will hang out a little bit, talking with each other. If you like to come in as well, feel free to join us and ask, ask us with your beautiful voice. So, dear friends, <laughs> lots of love and blessings to you if you're heading out. And we see each other very, very soon again.